It's time. It is that time. Time for Styles and Watkins. You can join the show by texting 916-339-1140. Find us on YouTube at Sacktown Sports 1140. It's time for Alan Styles and Chris Watkins. Yes, yes, yes. On a Wednesday. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. This is the second time in a row where if you are a Kings fan, you really just don't want to Google Kings because it just burns all over again. It happened against the Bucks. Uh, okay, when do they play next? I really don't want to Google it because I have to see that score and I got to see Damian Lillard's face. Then it happens today when you got to see when they play next and you're forced to look at 119 to 117. It felt like the Kings had everything rolling. The only person that could make a shot on the Suns was Grayson Allen. Okay. And if you told people, you know, Kevin Durant finishes with 27, Devin Booker, 11 assists, but 16 points. Bradley Beal, 13 points. They did their job for the most part, but they didn't do it at the right time. And Grayson Allen, what did he have? Eight threes, nine threes, something like that. You still could have survived if you just took care of the basketball, Chris. And today, this show, there's somebody that we have kind of let slide because he's played well. But everybody else on the team, including the coach, we have questioned in some way, except for one guy this season. That ends today, Chris Watkins. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Of course, uh, yeah, yesterday is disappointing and uh, felt like another opportunity for, you know, we talked about it after the Bucks game, but that was definitely a uh, win of, I don't know about win of the year, but it was just a really quality win that the Kings had in hand that they let turn into a loss. And it's uh, really disappointing that, between these last two games, between the Bucks and the Suns, there's been real moments to to feel good about with this yeah. team. And at the same time, it feels like you can't really talk about those moments and you can't really even enjoy those moments to look back on because it was soured by the result. And at the end of the day, I mean, you said it at the end of the Bucks game, at the end of the day, this is three straight losses and uh, it, it feels like this is now back to back games of these guys not closing out a game in uh, in winning time and that's that's really concerning for a team that's gonna try and have aspirations of playing against this caliber of opponent in the playoffs regularly so if you can't finish uh it, it's 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 definitely gonna lead to a, a lot of headaches and Again, it, it to me points at the fact that, you know, Mike Brown didn't really he had a different final five or closing five than he did in Milwaukee. Again, I think that's yet another sign of Mike Brown, maybe not even intentionally, but signaling to Monty McNair. I, I, I can't I, I don't have five guys right now that I absolutely know that I'm going down with. Is it too late? Is it too late to think that this team can make any noise in the playoffs if there's no move made. It would be tough to imagine at this point. I mean, we have, I think, what are we now, 40 games in, so pretty much half the season through. I feel like we have a pretty good gauge on how good this team can be. And even if you say, like I have, that, okay, well, let's say Kevin Herter returns to form. Okay, is that that turning the Kings into a a guaranteed second-round appearance? It makes it a lot more likely. I, I, 
I don't know if I would expect it. It's something that, you know, I, you give them the right matchup, sure, but, you know, it's not a team that, unless things fall the right direction, it's not a team I would say or bet is going to be a Western Conference Finals appearance. Mm-mm. And don't even get me started on NBA Finals. But, no, nah, I mean, I, I can't see them having – ultimate playoff success if if they don't make a move. So I know we're not doing it right now, but if we're beaming or dreaming, I'm definitely still dreaming right now. Well, I, I'm dreaming as well. Uh, we got our guy, Nate Littlefield, behind the glass. So thank you to Nate for all he's about to do because we got a lot going on today. We have our Kings Roundtable, and what a day to have our Kings Roundtable. That's at 1130. You won't want to miss that as we break down the collapse of the Kings last night and some of the X's and O's stuff here, you know, the small ball, we have sound from coach Mike Brown, the small ball situation, just turning the ball over. You just felt the avalanche. And I think the thing that ticked me off the most is that if you watched Kevin Durant's body language, this man didn't even want to be there. No, the not Suns in the first have half. problems. Mm-hmm. The Suns have problems. Real problems. KD <laughs> is getting mad because Eric Gordon isn't passing him the rock. They're turning the ball over. Yeah. They don't want to be there. Devin Booker, you know, the same thing happened. It's funny. With James Harden, what they're trying to do, the Suns, is essentially what they did with James Harden. James Harden kind of went back and forth from shooting guard to point guard. And James Harden was able to make that change, and he was able to do both. Now, James Harden didn't have two all-world scorers on his team in in Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal. So it was just the James Harden show, a la a Luka-type situation. Devin Booker has no clue... I would say James Harden's more of a point guard, too. He is. So it makes a lot more. Like, he's a lot yeah. more of a, I wouldn't say a willing passer, but mm-hmm. he has real, like, playmaking instincts, yeah. I would Devin say. Yeah, Devin Booker's, if he's driving, he's trying to get to the he's lane. He's a bucket. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, trying yeah. to get to the lane. He's trying to shoot the basketball, and, and that's what he's going to try to do. We do prop talk, and by the way, we're going to start doing prop talk a lot more often, and yes. we're going to do records, and we're yes. going to see we'll, Chris, between we'll Chris track. and I who, who has the better record. I would stay away from Devin Booker. I would stay away from all of the Suns yeah. because you don't know They're what you're going period. to get mm-hmm. every single day. Devin Booker had 11 assists last night. Yeah. Okay, so last night he was Chris Paul. Who who knows what he's going to be the next night? They're trying to figure it out. The only the the defense from the Kings was, hey, if Grayson Allen's going to beat us, they're going to beat us. Me and Brendan did our our Twitter Spaces last night, and I said, Brendan, if Grayson Allen stays hot, is it an insane statement to say, hey, get that ball out of his hands to either Devin Booker, yeah. Kevin Durant, or Bradley Beal? And the same thought was, I mean, you can't. No, you can't really do that. Yeah. And you did live. That was the problem. Defensively wasn't the issue. Yeah. That whole small ball thing, that was once the, 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 the snowball started getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. You never were supposed to even get there. Right. Y'all weren't even supposed to finish the game. I was getting ready to see Colby Jones. I was getting ready to see Davion yeah. Mitchell. Yep. I was getting ready to see the crew. Keon, Keon I mean, Ellis. what, it was 22-point lead in the fourth quarter at one point? And you find a way to trick off another game, and we have— we have sound, we have stats, but ultimately you're not getting it done. Mm-mm. And I can't take this team seriously as it pertains to a contender. They are one of the most unserious teams in the National Basketball Association when it comes to a team that has aspirations. I know the Pistons are unserious. Yep. They're trash. I know the Hornets are unserious. They're trash. The Blazers, they're trash. Two of those teams the Kings actually lost to. So there you go right there. But 
They are stuck in the mud, and I don't know if it's going to be yeah. a savior for Monty McNair, or I don't know, Chris, and this is what we're going to allude to again, and you all know who I'm talking about. So I'm going to say it now. We are having the conversation, is De'Aaron Fox truly a franchise player? Can he be the 1A on a championship team? We haven't talked about De'Aaron Fox in a negative light essentially all season. But today is the day. Because questions have to be asked. We're just asking asking a question. If If you say a list of guys, if we made a list right now of players that you know for a fact are 1A franchise guys, this this guy can take it to a championship, is De'Aaron Fox on that list? I think this season, honestly, Chris, has turned into a huge proving season for De'Aaron Fox. And, and, I'll, and I'm willing to say maybe that's why Monty McNair hasn't made a move yet because he's not sure either. I don't know. I don't know. But we'll we're going to try to figure it out. All right. We'll talk about it. Got to get to a break. When we get back, we have some stats as to how terrible last night's game was. Historically bad. And I guess that's what they say. Hey, son, if you're going to go out there and be a bad student, be the worst student that ever walked into that school. Is that what parents say? I don't know if that's saying, what parents say. Be historically don't say bad. That to your daughter. No, Please I'm not going to say that to my daughter. Your children Gotta that. get to a break. When we get back, we got some stats and we have more King Soccer opening up the phone lines. Thousand Watkins, Sackdown Sports. They came out lackadaisical. It was a great learning lesson. It was a historically bad loss for the Kings. That's what you know, it was. I think we kind of went into the game too lackadaisical. Luckily, Coach Mike Brown pronounced it not the way that not the way that Zion did. But you know, ultimately, that's how Zion pronounced it is basically how I felt watching the game. Just lost. Yeah, I didn't have time to figure out all the all the letters and stuff that no. go into that word, so I just no. Lexical, that's that was the vibe of yesterday. For this sure. is from Tim Reynolds of AP Sports. The Suns were down 22 with eight minutes left Ugh. and beat the Kings. The biggest fourth quarter comeback in the NBA since the bubble. I'm sorry? That's Teams facing though. deficits of 22 or more in the fourth quarter were O in 1,244 games since August 23rd, 2020. One more time. They were O in 1,244. That's insane. It's pretty crazy. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's it, it really I mean that shows how how bad of a lead. I mean it was bad when the Kings made that 20 point comeback against Golden State just in the second half. I think that was the first time Golden State had allowed a 20 point comeback, you know, since the pre Durant days or something like that. This is even worse than that. To have 22 points in 8 minutes and 10 seconds just completely fade away is nuts. And that's why I mean you know, like you said earlier, like we're we're everybody, everybody can get questioned for that. I mean, I, I said yesterday that Mike Brown was almost perfectly timing his ejection in Milwaukee because 
you know, with nine to around eight, ten left in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. you've done all the coaching you can do at that point. It's on the players. I think, you know, definitely Mike Brown holds some accountability for that. But when you're up by 22 with eight minutes to go, like you said, we're we're approaching Colby Jones time. We're yeah. approaching, you know, getting getting JaVale out there, maybe getting, you know, Jordan Ford some minutes hold at that serve point. for three more minutes. Come on. Yeah. And, and we're just saying hold serve, right? Mm-hmm. We're just saying 18 points, eh, 15 makes yeah. us a little uncomfortable, right. but we're okay with that. To completely blow a 22-point lead like that, and I think Katie pointed it out on the broadcast, but the way it happened, too, it happened – about as quickly as it could have. The Kings played some of the worst basketball I think they've played all year long. You couldn't get a shot up. It was, let's see here, uh, from the seven-minute mark on, you have a Sabonis turnover. You have a Fox miss floater. You then have a the Keegan Murray three off of, again, maybe the greatest highlight I've seen from De'Aaron Fox this season yeah. was that offensive rebound he got over Grayson yeah. Allen, kicked it out to Keegan. That was like the last positive moment mm-hmm. that the Kings had from that game. After that, you have a uh, floater missed by De'Aaron. You have one of two free throws missed by Sabonis. You have a Malik Monk turnover. You have a Fox turnover. You have a Harrison Barnes offensive foul on that moving screen. You have a Malik Monk block from Grayson Allen. And then you have the De'Aaron Fox blocked three from Kevin Durant. And in that time, it goes from 112 to 94 uh, to 113 to 109. And th- and that's really your ball game at that yeah. point. I mean, at that point, the Suns had all the momentum in the world. Kevin Durant is doing exactly what Kevin Durant does. That's why he's so incredible. It's seven feet tall. He can pull up over everybody. They ran a small ball lineup. So, you know, that definitely threw the Kings out of whack majorly. They, I mean, the Suns just beat them. They, they straight beat beat their behinds the entire eight minute and ten stretch uh of that fourth quarter. But this is this is what I don't understand. Okay. And we're gonna hear from Coach Mike Brown in a second here. But and I love the sack chat. I love y'all shouting you out now. But this is from Nick Town. And I'm not saying Coach Mike Brown doesn't deserve some everybody is responsible for this loss. Yeah. But you say Brown should call a timeout and reset. Come on. Well you come brother, on Nick Town. I'm looking right here. Just look at it. 7-10. Kings, full timeout. At that point, it was 109-94. to Then again, 439 left in the game. Kings, full timeout. I'm not going to count the last one because that was when the game was basically over. That's two timeouts during yeah. that stretch. What do you want them to do? Call a timeout every one minute? This yeah. isn't kindergarten. Yeah. This isn't CYO. This isn't AAU. He called two timeouts during the stretch. Yep. That's why my smoke today is for, are we sure that one-two punch of De'Aaron and Sabonis, are we sure that's a championship one-two punch? We asked, is Malika a championship two guard? Yeah. We asked, is, is, is the rest of the team, are they championship right there? Is Kevin Herter, I'm looking at his, yeah, his big head out, right yeah. here on the, you know, not his big head, an actual, <laughs> actual photo of him. It's a blown up is what it is. Is Kevin Herter a championship two guard? Right. We asked this question. We haven't asked the question, is De'Aaron Fox a championship one and is, is Sabonis a championship two? I don't know. So I don't know. I, I, I'm, I understand why Mike Brown gets some responsibility, but I'm looking right here. He called two yep. timeouts during the stretch. Yep. And then, and then oh, well, we'll call another one. For, for what? Clearly it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly it's not working. Let's hear, let's hear from Coach Mike Brown. This is the, this is the loss to getting lackadaisical piece, and then we'll play 
the the learning a lesson. So here here's the first one. Would you not point to that at all? Yeah, I, w- I, I, I wouldn't point to that I, because, it, like, we had the ball in the right people's hands at the right time down the stretch, and we just uh, got real uh, lackadaisical and or we just couldn't finish or we didn't stick with our principles. You know, like I said, when we touch the paint, if a, a second guy comes, uh, hey, play off a two and, and, and kick it. Um, and then, you know, the tough part about it is, like I say, is shoot, we, we had to blitz and we blitzed. And when you blitz, you're going to give up open shots and they, they hit their open shots. I, I mean, Mike Brown said it at the start there. It's a great point. The ball was in the – think about the list I just said through, in that stretch. Again, Sabonis turnover. De'Aaron Fox, missed runner. Sabonis, splitting two free throws. Malik Monk, turnover. Harrison Barnes gets an offensive foul on a screen set for De'Aaron Fox. Malik Monk gets blocked at the rim from Grayson Allen. De'Aaron Fox gets blocked from Kevin Durant. Those are De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, and Demonis Sabonis making all of the moves Mm -hmm. down the stretch in that game. They just didn't go out there and execute. And frankly, I mean, if you're Malik and De'Aaron – Again, this is now two games in a row you could argue those two guys kind of blew the game yeah. single-handedly with, yeah. with the missed free throws against Milwaukee and then the stretch of the turnovers and the block shots. It, it was not a great performance, and it's been a rough stretch for those two specifically. Let's hear from Coach again on how this can be a great learning lesson. you got to give Frank Vogel and the entire Phoenix Suns team a lot of credit. Uh, the reality of it is they went small, uh, and we couldn't score. Uh, we couldn't score inside. Uh, Katie did a heck of a job. Uh, or we took some bad shots. I thought we drove in the traffic two or three times. And instead of playing the way we normally play, you drive the ball, you touch the paint. If help comes, play off a of two and spray it. Uh, we tried to go for the foul and shoot over uh, two or three guys at the rim. Um, and then we took some tough threes, and they forced us into tough threes. Uh, we had no pace in the half court to end the game. Uh, we were holding the ball a lot. And so uh, their ability to play KD at the five and still match up with us uh, because we couldn't score uh, really slowed us down. And we have to figure that out because that's happened to us in the past. I'm just not quite sure what you can learn based on what you said, right? And we're seeing stuff on the text line and the sack chat. Well, they should have kind of bleeded clock more and and not really been too aggressive. It is bizarre to me that I'm not saying to shoot threes, but all of a sudden with the seven-footer on you, now it's time. Now I want to get to the cup. It's just It was just bizarre decision-making and ultimately – that's why we're coming down the roads of the main guys because that's who had the ball. They just weren't prepared. They just weren't prepared. Now, if you want to blame Coach Mike Brown on not being prepared, maybe you can do that. But they just weren't ready. They were not ready. And when things got tight, they they could not play accordingly. And these are two games here now, Chris, to where you talk about championships and you talk about having a deep run in the playoffs. You're not going to be blowing teams out in the playoffs. You have to know how to close games. And I think the Kings have a problem with closing games. They either win wire to wire or they lose wire to wire, right? That's not the whole season, but a a lot of games are like that. Okay, they came up, they showed 
they showed up to play today and or they did it right and these last couple games hey these teams what i I believe it was coach mike brown he said we'll see it's not the all-star break yet we'll see who's going to want to play after the all-star break in february this is where teams are are going to be fighting for those spots, fighting for those W's. There's not going to be that many blowouts. You got to close games. No, I mean, I think the the big thing for why the Kings, if you feel like they are struggling during blowouts or during during close games, it's probably because De'Aaron Fox hasn't been the clutch player of the year like he was last year. I mean, they relied so heavily on him in the fourth quarter last year, just in general, but especially, obviously, in those clutch situations where the game was close and, and the time was winding down. He has not been good. He is. I was. I just saw some people tweet out some some uh, some of his clutch numbers, and and I'll pull them up during the break. But he has not been nearly as efficient or just as as productive in the clutch as he was last year. And if that was a big formula for how you were getting those results last year, and you're just straight up not getting that production out of De'Aaron this year, I mean, you could see how it would lead to them playing worse. And and I definitely have felt it. It felt like. You know, maybe with De'Aaron winning that Clutch Player Award, maybe more people give him attention. He's a little bit more front of mind in those moments. But it, it at the same time, feels like he just hasn't been the same guy. He hasn't been as aggressive. He hasn't been looking to get to that free throw line extended jumper like he did so many times last year. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. But I think uh, a big part of it is, you know, with his shot diet kind of changing a bit and taking more threes, I think it's kind of thrown off where he feels like are his spots nowadays. And, you know, it's it's something that they're going to have to adjust to because you're going to – I mean, I said it last year too, but you're going to need more than just De'Aaron Fox to win close games. Got to get to a break when we get back continuing the conversation. Also, ESPN Milwaukee, <laughs> they basically suggest – Sending no, they a do message. suggest. They do. They suggest, suggest sending a message. I don't message, even know if it's a suggestion. Right. They say you should just do it to Brock Purdy when they start the game. If you are on that Packers defensive line, we'll talk about it. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Like a thing is over. Do the Kings have a franchise player? It's uncomfortable. We have some clutch numbers that if you're driving, you might want to pull over to hear this stuff. And if you're watching on YouTube, you might want to might want to cover your ears here because it's bad. It's, it's bad. But before we get to De'Aaron Fox's, literally he's anti-clutch this season. Whatever you could do last... However opposite you could be of last season when you won the award, that's essentially what De'Aaron Fox has been. But before we get there, you're listening to Styles and Watkins. All guests and callers join us from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Let's get out to TC, 916-339-1140. He wants to be a part of Styles and Watkins. What's up, TC? What you got for us? Man, what's up? What is up? Not too much, man. Man, ain't ain't nothing too much, man. I'm still livid about that game last night. Check it out, man. I got I got a few points, man. It might be a rant, but this is like true and facts to me, man. This is how I feel. This is how everybody should feel, even in the organization. First and foremost, we'll start with Mike Brown. I love Mike, but Mike, you got to get your rotations correct, dude. Like 
Shasha was balling last night. He should have been in the game. And you got to, like, start knowing about your rotations when people's on fire, when they're not. Just because you're a starter doesn't mean that you need to be in the game, even if you're off. Like, you got to roll with the hot hand, Mike. Mike, you have to get your rotations together. Start calling timeouts. This is not the Phil Jackson Lakers or Chicago Bulls where you can sit back and say, oh, you guys can figure it out. I'm not going to call a timeout. No, this team is not established enough, and they keep showing us time and time after that. Check it out. Monty, make a move, man. We need another dude in here that can go get a basket. I know you want to wait and do all that. No, bro, we don't have a time to wait. Get another guy in here that can get a basket. Also, going back to Mike, Mike, check it out. This whole get into the paint and spray out to the shooters, that's a fine and dandy offense. I love it. It's fine and dandy, bro, but we need a counter partner off that. Let's, when we get in the paint, shoot the floater or try to call contact. We got to quit. Every, I seen so many people get in the lane last night. HB, Domas, Fox, Monk, people get in the paint and have a wide open layup, but you pass it out to get a three-pointer and somebody breaks the shot. Like, that's cool when you're on, bro, but when you're not, you got to start taking on, like, those middies. What happens to our mid-range? Fox, you were lethal at that last year. Bro, now you're just turning into, like, Steph Curry shooting a bunch of three-pointers. Like, come on, bro. Like, seriously. This team, front office, bro, we got a lot to figure out. It's not going downhill, bro, but we have to figure this out. Like, seriously. That's all I got for y'all, man. Drop the mic, As TC. Always, incredible. Drop the mic. Look, I just want to speak to TC's first point about Sasha Vazenkov. I was so happy for Sasha. I mean, he's a plus seven in 18 minutes, 14 points. And how do you see this, Chris? Well, it was it was Herder, right? It's between the two of them. You're not going to play both of them, right? Yeah, and Sasha didn't really have a good first, or second half. I mean, he had a great first half. He yeah. was always in the right spot. And I'm looking at it now. He played eight minutes in that second half and really didn't do much of anything. And so I think... For Sasha, it's kind of unfortunate, but I do think it was just the timing of when he decided, not decided to play well, but he had a good first half, mm-hmm. and it, I, it got him into the rotation into the second half, but he didn't really have, if he would have had the same level of impact in the, if instead of in the first half, mm-hmm. he had that impact in the second half, he's probably he finishing that game. But since he, he you know got put back out there and really didn't have the, the same flow and mojo that he had in the first stint, I, I think Mike went away from him, and I, I don't have a big problem with that. I mean, Sasha did play really, really well last night, but, you know, they also attacked him. They they treated him differently in that second stint. I, it felt like Phoenix said, all right, like, we just let that dude, Sasha Vazenkov, have a career high in that first mm-hmm. half. Next time he comes out, we're going to play him off the floor. We're going to attack him, get him into switches defensively to make Mike Brown make a decision of, if you're going to keep this guy out here, we're going to keep attacking him. So he better be hitting shots on the other end. And again, in the second half, one for two, didn't take a three. Um, and you can you know say some of that is is maybe them not trying to get him the ball, but I think that's, that's the breaks. I mean, Sasha is out there with a lot of other really talented guys, and he's not going to get a ton of touches. So uh, I, I just kind of think he got lost in the uh, numbers game. I don't agree with Mike Brown finishing the game with HB. I I think I've let my my feelings on HB be known, but uh, I, I I understand why yesterday when HB is I would say HB actually had a better first half as well, but uh, you know I guess I I don't know I can't really justify the HB being in at the end, but I, I definitely it's comfortable. Think it, I probably that's but what even it is. then I I feel like he should have gone with Trey Lyles, but um, yeah Trey I Lyles mean, fourteen points that explains the Sasha thing at least or fourteen minutes and he took two shots yeah. Not a single shot in the second half. Okay. 
Harrison Barnes, 34 minutes. He took nine shots. He was two of six from three. He had eight points, and I believe they all of those eight all were in the first yes. half. In the second half, he played 17 minutes, 0 of 3, 0 of 2 from 3, no points, one turnover, one assist, one rebound. And that's where I'm at with, with Mike Brown, right? The Towards the end, I guess there are a couple different conversations. The timeout thing and – you have the ball, The two your two best guys have the basketball, your three best guys if you're including Malik. I'm not giving Coach any flack for that. Yeah. But some of the decisions on who was the, the secondary pieces that were on the floor or of the Harrison Barnes and to a lesser degree, okay, you know, Kevin Herter, I don't know. I know he – I know he plays really hard, right? Yeah. I know he plays really hard. I could I could question him on that stuff, but I'm not going to question him on calling timeouts when he called timeouts. Yeah. And they just they couldn't figure it out. I mean, like like we're talking about. That that becomes the question, right? Here's here is the question. Do they win that basically if the main guys had the ball the whole time in De'Aaron, Sabonis, and Malik? Trey Lyles being on the floor or Sasha being on the floor, does that even make a difference? No, it doesn't. It It shouldn't? No, No, because we know where the ball was going to go. So Mm -hmm. we can sit here and discuss it, but I don't think that's why they lost. And that's why why I think the guy that they need to go out there and get at the deadline, I I don't necessarily think it has to be the the big star for that reason. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the game, I'm more than comfortable with those three guys being how the Kings go down, but – the other pieces, like Keegan Murray, he hits that three that De'Aaron gets the offensive rebound. That's why Keegan's out there. He's out mm-hmm. there to hit that shot specifically. If those three guys get boggled up too much, that's what Keegan's for. That's what that other guy is going to be out there for. The other two need to bring something else. Keegan is – is they're going to rely on him for his size and for his perimeter presence, and I, that's why I would like that other person. I don't think it has to be a shooter. I don't think it's got to be a Kevin Herter. I don't think it's got to be a Zach Levine, a Pascal Siakam. To me, it'd be a lot more useful if that guy was a defensive-minded long four that they could have put on KD or something in that kind of situation. I, I think that they would be better utilized getting a, a toolsy, actual Swiss Army knife mm-hmm. as that fifth option in that lineup. To me, that that makes that closing rotation just a lot more versatile and a lot more dangerous. There have been some low points in this season. And look, the Kings are still in the playoffs. And as of right now, right, they're flirting with the play in yeah. at this point. Yeah, seven seed right now. They're, they are in the they play. Are in seven they, seed are, right they are seven seed right now. They, are, they <laughs> are in the play. They in. are game back or game ahead of the Suns right now. So there have been some low points, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to say, hey, guys, don't worry about it. They're still the fifth seed. There's a big difference between the fifth seed and the seventh seed. I don't sure think I, I don't think I need to explain no. that. You can be out of the playoffs as a seventh seed. You lose two games You're in done. the play-in tournament. You're cooked. You don't even make the dance. So we've had some low points. You had the Houston Rockets situation. You had the Blazers. You had the Hornets. A very confusing stretch of games for the Kings, but I'm finding it hard, Chris. And I know they played some really good teams. But this is later in the season, later in the season. It's not early in the season. It's hard for me to not say this is probably the low point of the season. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Uh, this is only the fourth time. Uh, let me make sure I get this right here. Yeah, this is only the fourth. Uh, I guess technically fifth time uh, that the Kings have lost three straight games under the Mike Brown era. I say technically fifth because, uh, well, they lost three straight playoff games. So that's that's kind of mm-hmm. why I don't count it. But um, 
so I mean in the regular season and the other three game losing streak this season was the first three it like was in the first the first bit of the season so I, it definitely feels like this is the lowest it's been between this this Philly game the Milwaukee game and now this Suns game granted all on the road against quality opponents That's but the only how thing. much have we talked about though this is the term right like yeah. this is the proving ground for where are you at 40 games throughout the season you're playing really quality opponents not even the the tippy top we're not yeah. talking Denver Milwaukee uh, or uh, uh, I'm sorry Denver Boston mm-hmm. uh Minnesota we're not talking those teams we're talking the tier right under that mm-hmm. and they I mean, they they reached that level these last two games, but to not get the result, I mean, that's really what matters. I think it's it's a good step that they competed against those two teams, but at the end of the day, again, you don't get any of the results. So you, you got to say that this is the most disappointing stretch of the season so far because you would have at least liked to get one, one of them, and you can live with competing in, in at least the other – well, I guess they didn't compete in Philly, but you know, it's it was a competitive three-game stretch. The most impressive thing – from this three-game losing streak, is that they managed to lose three completely different ways. Fact. They That's lost a, wow. in a blowout. Yeah. Yep. They lost in a very competitive game where yep. they just couldn't make their free yep. throws, and ultimately they lost on a buzzer beater. Yep. And then they blew a twenty-point lead yep. in seven minutes. Crazy. How, is there another way to lose a basketball game? I don't want to find out. I'll tell you that. We might. I I don't want to. I'm good. I'm so good. All right. Break time. When we get back, we got some of your texts we want to read off, and we see the phone lines lighting up. We will get to them as well. And eventually, we will get to the Niners and ESPN Milwaukee, basically alluding to something similar to Bounty Gate. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Sacktown Sports and subscribe. Styles and Watkins, we are discussing all things Kings. Got a little bit of Niners for you as well. And out in Cheesehead Nation, they're losing it. They're losing it. But Pam has been waiting during the break patiently. And we will reward that on <laughs> Styles and Watkins. What's up, Pam? What you got for us? Hey, how's it I got a a few things. I'm just going to say them quick and then sure. let you guys take it. Okay, the game before last against against the Bucks, yeah. right? Okay, we're coming down the court at the very end, and Darren's on D, and the guy from Seattle can't think of his name that they traded over there had the ball, got around Darren, and there wasn't anybody else around. So my question on that one is, okay, in that situation, a two uncontested two does not cause you to lose the game. Right. Okay. So where was the rest of the defense to me? Now I'm a little more college oriented. I'd pull the defense away from the best. Oh no. I think Pam cut out, but no, Mm -hmm. I mean, she's back. Call back, Pam. Call back. Uh, uh, Yeah, we got you. Call back. No, we got, I think we got you. Yeah. Anyway. So that's my question on that game. It's Mm -hmm. like, 
what, what's going on with the D there. Then last night, how in the world, with eight minutes, 20 points. Okay, so what do we have? We have De'Aaron coming down the, the court, and what he's doing is, you know, he's, he's taking over the end of the game, but he's driving into the middle. When you want to stall out a game, which has looked like they were doing, you pass the ball. Mm-hmm. You move the ball around the perimeter. You guys tell me something's crazy with that team. The other thing, this is stupid saying, but I'll say it. I hate watching Deer come up and laugh and giggle with all the opponents when we leave. Wow. We, leave. Oh, we talked about no, that Pam, yesterday. No, that's a great call. Thank you, Pam. Free free to call back. Yeah. I want to know awesome. what uh, – what college that I you're know. interested to do? March Madness is around the corner. <laughs> Pam sounds like a coach to me. Yeah, no, Pam, yeah, Pam, yeah, Pam, Pam sounds again. like she she's seen like, the Pam court. Should get a segment. Here. So that's a lot here to 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 kind of break down. The first sure. thing which yeah. we kind of discussed yesterday. Yeah, I would have blitzed Dame. Let's not forget, Coach Mike Brown had been ejected. Maybe you know Jordan. Maybe they decided not to do that for whatever reason. Dame is a foul hunter. They probably just didn't want to foul him. That was my take. But me and Chris literally did not agree on how they should have ended that game. So not to rehash that. I just but. think it was low basketball IQ from Sabonis. I mm-hmm. think Sabonis, to Pam's point there, I mean, she she pretty much laid it out. Like, I mean, in that situation, there's no reason for Sabonis. If, if we look back at it for everyone, look back at the play. Sabonis is standing at the free throw line as Dame is crossing half court. And Brooke Lopez is still in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for Sabonis to be playing at that free throw line. Yeah. No one's going to be shooting from the free throw line or even from the three-point line. Like, yeah. Dame, if he's going to take that shot, he's going to at least be a couple steps behind the three-point line. Maybe you're not guessing 38 feet mm-hmm. or whatever he was. But to me, Sabonis has to recognize in that moment you have to come up. So I, I don't need to tell Pam that. Pam pretty much said it. Yeah, and then to the note about last night, wearing out the clock, that's where I think that they didn't have a game plan. I think that's an NBA-wide thing, though. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that's a King-specific thing because I always wonder that, too. I mean, it feels like it's almost uh, like when when NFL teams end up playing prevent defense, they always say it actually prevents you from winning because you're playing defensively instead of aggressively. I think that that happens in the NBA all the time where they take dribbling out the clock literally and they – sit there and wait for the clock to get down to 10 seconds but I don't feel like and then they just really run a pick that, and though. roll. And instead, it's like in those moments, you need to, instead of looking for one shot, you just got to continue to run your offense. And I, I don't know, it just it didn't feel to me like the Kings looked for the best possible shot. And it didn't really feel like to me they were winding the clock. But that's what I'm saying. They, they didn't know yeah. what they were doing, yeah. right? They weren't trying to wind down the clock. They weren't just saying, hey, best shot available. That is where maybe... Coach Mike Brown, unless we're in the huddle and we know, hey guys, do this, and then he and then they didn't do it. We don't know because clearly right. they had no game plan to to end that game, and they were just they got hoping, caught off guard. Yeah, they yeah. were hoping that the Suns would lay down, but the Suns they had won seven of their last ten. Yep. They're trying to get rolling here. They got Eight the big eleven now. They yeah. have they had they have some ground to cover. So you know they and like we said, the closer we get to the end of this season, teams aren't just going to lay down. Nope. Okay, they want to be in the playoffs. And don't nobody want to be in the play-in. And the last note that Pam said, we spent about two segments on this yesterday. And I'll tell you what, Chris, it happened at the end of the game. And I saw De'Aaron dapping up KD. And I saw that little smirk. And I was this close to posting something, to tweeting something. I said, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm going to see if it just goes away. And here is Pam who ends her call in discussing it. 
I will say real quick on mm-hmm. that note, Jason Anderson, who was the only media member who's traveling right now, did yeah. write in the SAC B yesterday. He wrote, quote, Fox seemed to be stewing over the loss. He sat he sat alone silently in the corner of the locker room for more than 20 minutes and declined to answer questions as he left. So that's a different version of it, right? You have somebody, you have the, yeah. Carmichael Dave, in the crossover. He says, oh, well, a, a franchise player answers the media, okay? So that's Dave's opinion. Or we could say, I want my guy so upset, right. he doesn't care about the media. Yeah. Sometimes you darned if you do, darned if you don't. Absolutely. Right, but to get back to, I guess, Pam's, I guess what you're saying is you can compartmentalize two things. Yeah. KD's my guy. I'm going to say what's up to him. It right. ain't his fault I turned the ball over. Right. right? He just, he, he played well, but I'm still ticked. It doesn't mean that you're not ticked off. Right. But fans don't get to see you in exactly. the locker room. And fans, you see you chumming it up. Yep. And, and you go to the locker room and, you know, De'Aaron has been on record saying he flushes these, these losses. Yep. So you could take it a bunch of different ways, but I, I'm not... I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that there's what the fans get to see. There's what, and thank you for kind of laying out what the fans don't get to see. I don't know if that makes them feel any better, right? But ultimately, you got to believe that these guys care. But that is good context that clearly he was ticked off. But it's again, hey, wow, what a victory. Nobody's done this. Hold on, let me find it again. <laughs> yeah, hold yeah. on, get hold that, on. Get that number. Yeah, hold on. We got to throw that number in as much hey, as hey, we can. Hey, good job. Hey, good job, KD. Teams before that, since August 23rd, 2020, were 0 in 1,244. <laughs> I still can't get over that. That's insane. That Biggest fourth ridiculous. quarter comeback in NBA since the bubble. They were down 22 Oof. with 8 minutes and 10 seconds left. Teams were 0 in 1,244. I, I, I can't get over it, And Chris. bubble basketball was different, too. So the right? fact that it was in the bubble, bubble tells you that, like, I mean, yeah, in the bubble, there's not really, like, momentum or, like, you know, like, crazy momentum swings. And people were just wild results were happening. So, I, I don't know. That's it's crazy. 916-339-1140. Before we get to a break, let's hear from David, who wants to be a part of Styles and Watkins. What's up, David? How you feeling? What you got? Good. What's up, fellas? Not too hey, much. Uh, I have a question for you real quick. Um, it's, when the clock starts, uh, when, the, when they inbound a pass, I believe if it's under three minutes, the clock, no matter where the player touches the ball, the, the, the clock starts, right? I, I can't remember, but I know Fox has this habit, like last night when we're trying to prolong the game and the lead, he lets the ball roll down the court instead of picking it up and starting the clock. I don't understand why this is a bad habit he's had his whole career. And it's like when you're when you're getting dominated like that, you want to run out the clock, and not let the ball roll down until the, you know it reaches half the half court line and then pick it up and start dribbling. I I just don't understand that at all. The second thing is is that uh, I, I don't I think that what we're seeing right now is that it's kind of turn into the Monk and Fox show at the end of the games and all the other guys that can shoot are being marginalized. Uh, you know, Herter and uh, especially Keegan. And last night, I, I have no idea what Fox was thinking. He was rushing shots all over the place when there was still plenty of time on the clock. I, the guy's just like seems lost in the sauce sometimes and makes, you know, probably in, in that moment decisions. But that's part of the growth that you'd want to see from him is not making those mistakes and not 
and you know paying attention to the small details that add up to the big the big win and the last thing is what the hell is going on with brown man it's like the only thing the guy seems to be doing right now is managing minutes yeah gotta get to a break david thanks for the call a lot to a lot to get to there most important, I mean, like we said, everybody has some blame right now. I will say, and we do our prop talk, I wouldn't touch any of the secondary Kings players in the second half. I mean, you just, nobody shoots the basketball. Harrison Barnes doesn't shoot. Kevin Herter doesn't shoot. It's just De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, and Sabonis. And we don't complain when it works, but that is why we've even had conversations about Malik starting or Malik not starting They just need somebody else. And is part of that, well, I'm going to shoot because I don't trust Harrison Barnes? I don't know. I think that we're to the point now where the Kings might be suffering from that clutch player award last season, and they don't really know. They need to to maybe revisit how they see all this. All right, Nate's giving me the Dame. Nate's giving me the Dame time as Chris disagrees, so we will discuss why he disagrees when we get back. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports.